XV Planus is part of the Green Mushroom Podcast Network. Liminal. Adjective. Definition 1. Relating to a transitional or initial stage of a process. Definition 2. Occupying a position at or on both sides of a boundary or threshold. This word is mentioned often these days in the worlds of the paranormal and esoteric. We hear people use it loosely all the time. Liminal beings, liminal spaces, liminal entities, liminal places. One might ask exactly what that means, but even I have to admit, the finer details of those definitions are different from person to person, from location to location. For me, the mention of a threshold makes perfect sense. For the last three years, I have been opening my mind to new experiences, training myself to look beyond the borders and boundaries of this plane of existence. And what started as a keyhole to peer through evolved into a doorway with no locks and no knobs, a door forever opened. So in a sense, I suppose I can experience things that would be defined as liminal. But what happens when you take people who walk those thresholds to a place that is occupied by layers upon layers of thresholds themselves? What happens when you take a liminal person to a liminal space? Welcome to XV Planets. Greetings, friends, fiends, and lovers of strange and wondrous things. Welcome back to XV Planus. Transmitting from the Black Lodge, as always, I am your host, Flood, and as always, I am very happy to be back here to dive further into the weird with you. Last episode, we dove into some of the more spiritual side of Waverly Hills history, if you will. I thought it important to share some of our own data and historical discoveries with you before we started to share our own experience, and now that all of that is out of the way... Here's where we get to get weird. Over the course of the next two episodes, we will be taking an in-depth look at our own investigation of Waverly Hills Sanatorium. We have a lot of ground to cover with this two-episode arc, so we're going to dispense with the distractions, weird science, and side stories, and just dive right into it. Although mostly on the second installment, you will be hearing from several members of our team who will offer their own unique perspectives of the events that transpired. This first segment covers the hours of 6.30 p.m. on Monday, March 14th to 1 a.m. of March 15th of 2022. Tonight I am joined by the usual suspects, my paranormal partners in crime, Walker and Alejandro, and we'll also hear from frequent guest and collaborator Jill Weaver a little later in this episode. So let's get into it and get on up the hill at Waverly Hills Sanatorium. All right, friends and fiends, of course I had to, to bring Walker and Alejandro back into the Black Lodge for this because they were such an integral part of the experience. We're going to go back to something that Alejandro was talking about on the first episode of this series. Let's talk about like that moment of waiting because we pulled up to the place uh, a little bit early. We were basically just hanging out for about half an hour. As I said, the whole vision of it is very Burton-esque. However, at the time that we showed up, they still had... Halloween decorations up from four or five months earlier. So there is this really ridiculous, um, grotesque hand pointing up the hill. Yeah, fun skeleton hand to welcome <laughs> us 
showing us where the where the ghosts are. That way. I don't. You can't even quite see the uh, the building from that spot either, because it's no, like it's all uphill all. up to the very top, and you can't quite see it. Yeah, and uh, Waverly is surrounded by a, a pretty thick forest. Yeah. It's pretty thick until you actually get around that loop and then travel up the hill. As we pulled in there, it was it was definitely one of those holy crap moments uh, as we take that bend and we first see the one side of the building. We end up having to take this kind of weird roundabout way to get to the parking area. Now, from there, tour guide John, he let us in, and we dropped all of our stuff in the break room just to, you know as quickly as we could get it out and just get done with it. And then he gave us the tour of the complex. So that was kind of the, the first stretch of time where we got a little bit of weirdness happening, as subtle as it was, and some that we didn't even pick up on until later, Alejandro. <laughs> yeah, so... Apparently, I'm developing some kind of habit of being the last one into the building. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, So, go up the stairs. You guys were already in there for at least a minute or two. Um, And then I go up the stairs past uh, all the artifacts there and the glass cases. And then I just just kept going. I saw you guys in the break room, but I didn't know that the tour guide was going to stop us for a moment. And I was just on my own. I was like, all right. So, I, I passed the break room by... You know, several yards or so to where the, um, I think that's where like the, the lunch hall was or something like that, where it was like bar- barricaded off. Yeah, there's there's um, like a, a a giant almost ballroom, like ballroom to kind the of, right, yeah. and then mm-hmm. the uh, the dining area was yes. on the left, but that was blocked off mm-hmm. and stacked with chairs and benches. Yeah, I just walked to the very opening where that all was, and already had my cassette recorder go and poked it into that room, um, and then I just again this is in like a minute um or you know tops and then shine my laser back and forth kind of fanning it across down the hall um and just like immediately saw something like dart across like i don't even think there's rooms down there open rooms but from like left to the right like fanning the laser beam something broke the beam um at the, towards the end of the hall in the shadows i don't think you ever mentioned that to i me. i think i did later on but like yeah that's when i think it was you that poked your head Outside of the break room, like, hey, we're doing this in here, tour guides. Right, yeah. Right, so, and that was literally in less than a minute of being up there. Huh. So, yeah. But yeah, sorry, so the the tour essentially started with the the total walk around, wrap around of the place. And um, that's when we heard the first few whistles. And uh, did did all three of us hear those? Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. I don't think we ever actually talked about them. Or maybe, no, because you were kind of... You were very I, aloof and just kind of off on on your own a little bit, but Walker and I were were pretty close to each other, and I think I think you and I talked about it briefly when it happened. Like, yeah, there were a number of us in the group that had turned around and were like, "What is that? Like, do you guys hear that whistling and stuff?" Yeah, and, yeah. So then we uh, make our way down to the main entrance of Waverly, and we got the you know the group snapshot and we took our pictures of of the front of that and that's when just recently you uh, uh Alejandro sent us a zoomed in version of a picture that you got from the front of the house and mm-hmm. it's pretty wild where i'm going to share that one on the instagram feed and twitter as this episode drops so people can see what we're talking about but yeah i only took a hand like i literally only took about five photos on my actual phone after that i was just using um the polaroid camera but out of five photos of the uh, side of the building with all the the actual glassed in windows yeah just like right there on 
one out of five photos, they're just, you know, there's a, a discernible face mm. in mm-hmm. one of the windows on the lower right that I just found just a couple days ago and the prepara- preparation for this episode. Yeah. So, it's still pretty wild, man. Writing like, off of that high here. Yeah. The more we go back and, and, you know, review the, uh, the data that we get from each of these trips, the more we end up uncovering, which we'll be talking about that at length here in a little bit. Um, Walker, you remember anything else significant from the outside before we actually head in? No, mostly just listening to the, um, like whistling and just hearing, you know, we were obviously like talking to the guide, like that was the most extent of like a tour that we got was like around the building and just seeing, um, like the architecture and learning about like the history of the grounds and all the other, you know, all the things that failed to be right. We we managed to um, subtly let our tour guide know is uh, like we 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 know a lot about Waverly, so we actually don't need the full shebang. If you just want to give us like the general walkthrough, that would, that's really all we need, and then we're gonna hop to it. Well, that's like he he asked when we were um, when we got back into the break room after doing the outside tour, and was like. So do you guys want like the guided experience or do you guys just want to go off on your own? And yeah. we're just like, oh yeah, we're good. Thank you for the, for the walk around. But before we got back to the break room, he did take us down the, uh, through the bowels of Waverly showed us the basement and pretty much did just a, a quick floor by floor rundown, but it wasn't too extensive because he, he knew that we were just ready to hop to it. So after doing the walkthrough and getting everything set up in uh, the break room, I think that's when I, uh, the whole time that we were preparing to go to Waverly, I'm like, look, as soon as I get there, I'm going to go off on my own for a little bit. I, you know, I really want to soak this place in. Yeah, you like blocked off a couple it. hours. Yeah, you were, yeah. You were gung-ho. Yeah, it took me about 20 minutes for my body and soul to tell me that that was probably <laughs> a really bad idea. And I'll explain why later. It's nothing actually creeped me out, but it was a really uh, significant feeling of be close to your pack is is kind of the vibe that I got. After we got set up in the break room, everybody kind of split off into groups. Uh, you two and Liz went together, right? Yep. yep. And then Todd and Lisa went off on their own. Jill and Sonny, I think, and Megan went off on their own. So after that, I venture off on my own for a moment, have my like, nope, bad idea moment. And then I hear you guys, so I decide to come meet up with you. And at this point, we start basically doing a sweep of, of floor by floor, right? three all the way up to the top yeah we were pretty much just like walking around not necessarily doing anything specific um but we're just kind of gaining our bearings and like getting into um like kind of understanding where we were and like okay this is the floor that this is expected on and kind of walking back and forth with the i think i i had the full spectrum um i forget what other equipment we had with us at that oh we had the full spectrum in the infrared or the uh yeah the I think you have the infrared. I have this full spectrum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was fumbling with my stuff. I had pockets full of iPods and the Polaroid camera around my neck and a lantern and all sorts of stuff. So I was <laughs> trying to get situated as we're walking down the hall there. So you got to learn to travel light, bro. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that place is not like, I was so glad I had a little backpack so I could like have a water bottle and like didn't have to have much stuff in my pockets. I was able to keep it light. But luckily, it was cold enough to have jackets on. So there yeah. were yeah. The, plenty the of pockets. Pockets were plenty. Yeah. <laughs> I need more pockets. That's what I need. You can get a vest like me. I am. Yeah, I'm, I'm, really I'm making one. Yeah. Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah. Around that time, we just started scanning. And I'm going to say like the, the second and third floors, because the first floor, 
technically the first floor is the basement, right? I think there's a basement, basement level. There is a sub level. And and that I think is that's floor one because that's where the main entrance is that we walked into. Yeah. But is completely cut off on both sides by the dip in the hill. So technically the basement is floor one. Yeah. And floor then we two were is on where the break room. Yeah. And that's where we uh all ventured off from. That's where we like entered and in, like into the hospital on all ends was was through the yeah. second floor. Yeah. So once we got in there and once I met up with you guys, we started doing our sweep. And everything was relatively quiet. Um, I mean, we would certainly hear your noises from time to time or, you know, somebody, you hear that? Sound like somebody was whispering. When chances are, it was probably somebody whispering from our group just on a different floor because the acoustics are freaking mad in that place. Yeah, especially with the big metal doors, too. I mean, those things clang and you can hear it. Yeah, echoes for oh, yeah. miles. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that's when... We finally had our first big encounter, which, or at least what I would consider to be the first big one, would be the incident on the fourth floor. When we finally made the length of the third floor and we traveled up to the fourth, there was a little nook with uh, a series of rooms in it. And we were kind of slowly and meticulously just kind of scanning the whole area and looking around. And I went into one room that split off into two different doors, one in front of me and one to the right. And I walk in to this little door on the right and I, you know, turn my light on, look around, I'm like freaking dead end. It must have been a closet or something. But as soon as I turn around, I look down and I see this little green toy dump truck sitting right in front of me. I think it was at that moment I'm like, Walker, Walker, Walker. Was this here like five seconds ago? Because you were right behind me, right? Yeah, I was maybe three steps, four steps behind you. I didn't go fully into the room. I maybe, I mean, I went all the way in, but I didn't like go in and look around because you were already in there. I was like, all right, let's turn around and check out the other side because the other side of the hallway has the um, the huge like porch. I guess I would you would say or the the corridor. Yeah, the, the sun corridor. Yeah. Um, and so I was like, all right, you know, let's poke around over here while John's over here. So I just, you know, was going towards that direction when you turn around because there was nothing in there. Mm. And then there, there's the car right there in front of me. That one threw me for a loop because I remember walking through that room, nothing being there. And as soon as I turn around, boom, there it is. I'm pretty sure we captured that on video, but I'm having trouble tracking down that particular file. It's got to be buried in my hard drive somewhere. As soon as I can find it, I'll I'll bring it up. But we've had some selective recording. Uh, yeah, yeah, no kidding. <laughs> that's a uh, that's an anomaly all in itself. And common we'll... theme for Waverly. <laughs> no kidding. And around that time, uh, you and Liz were kind of off doing your own thing while Walker and I were marveling at this dump truck right mm -hmm. yeah we were on the uh in the sun corridor directly on the same floor still um but you two yeah you guys were off doing that and then what liz and i were doing was just same kind of thing just going on a sweep um on that corridor around the rooms and stuff and then we started asking questions, like friendly questions and stuff like that out there. You know, it was like, this is a nice view, you know, like, what do you think of the view? You know, who, you know, like to the residents that would have been there, you know, like, you know, who became friends here? Um, you know, who was a good roommate? Who snored? That kind of stuff, you know, just friendly conversation. Um, 
from going over the stuff, I don't think we got any responses. Um, but it was still it it felt positive, I guess, going through there. You know, heard a little bit of like knocks on occasion or something, and then we would go and go up to like uh some of the uh openings and stuff because there's no glassed in windows or anything, but like the rooms themselves still have like the uh you know like the doorways and the mm-hmm. the window sills and all of that and let's go and didn't get much of a response but yeah definitely positive it felt like there were people this was somewhere where people had resided mm-hmm. you know so do you get any other vibes off of that floor when we did our first initial walkthrough of of the fourth no the first walkthrough i felt like we didn't really feel much of anything um it yeah. was almost like eerily quiet it was just like nothing was really going on outside of the car like we didn't really hear much the whistles had kind of stopped like we didn't really i don't think there was much we were kind of like all right like what can we do to kind of drum up some activity you know yeah and uh you know everything had relative been relatively quiet up until that point when the toy truck appeared uh but after that things started to kind of slowly wake up and shake up a little bit yeah, start to see kind of your your eyes fully adjust, and you start to see you know, hey, that shadow shouldn't be moving around. Right. Yeah. <laughs> we ended up taking the uh, the length of the fourth floor, but before we actually ended up completing it, we saw that stairwell, and didn't didn't we just go ahead and hop up to the fifth? Yeah, since for we sure. already knew like that was the one. By the way, the way that place is designed, there is only one stairwell out of the however many they have three three that um <laughs> that goes up to the fifth floor. So in <laughs> I don't know. It's just, it's a weird design. Kind of makes the uh, fifth floor seem very uh, lonely compared to the rest of the place. Well, yeah. And plus you can only really hang out on like the one side of the mm-hmm. fifth floor. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But yeah, that's, that's when we took the trip up to the fifth and they're doing a considerable amount of restoration up there right now. So you, know, you walk into the fifth floor and it's basically like a set of four rooms, a bathroom, and then these two big like open air pavilions on either side well not necessarily open air they have windows but they were designed to be like fully completely free Mm -hmm. yeah and during the time it was waverly one side of it was a nursery for the kids of patients and staff that live there and uh the other side did we ever determine what that was was it another part of the nursery or not as waverly it seemed like the fifth floor was was all for children um, okay. on each side, they probably would have maybe lived on one side and then, because you Play could tell being like more of an open room, like bunk bed style or some like, you know, maybe not like a personal room, but like, right, yeah, you know, a lot of beds in one room or like the other side had, I remember there were pictures of like children playing on like, they have like a full playground up on that one. Mm-hmm. Um, that's right. Porch on yeah, the top. yeah, yeah. Now all of that's gone uh, at the moment and the roof is currently under restoration. So once you walked out of either one of these uh, you know, large glass uh, glass enclosed rooms, you would basically have a few feet of concrete and then you just, we weren't allowed to go any further than that. And I didn't want to run the risk of screwing up all of their good work. Yeah. But after, um, you know, we did the, the routine on the fifth floor and that's when we started to see some weird stuff with the balloons the first time, right? Yeah, it's like the light inside the balloon was like moving the balloon around. Yeah, so to explain that, I, I guess you, previous investigators must have, have jerry-rigged this, but I, I thought it was actually kind of cool. They they blew up balloons, 
and they would put a small LED light with just a little bit of weight on it to kind of keep it centered. And then basically it, it was an invitation for the kids to come and play. And play they did. Although the first time that we were up there, not too much happened, but we just started to notice the balloons moving. And for the most part, I honestly thought it was just wind at first. It wasn't until a little bit later that they obviously were being manipulated by more than just the wind. And that's where it got interesting. So after after we got done exploring the fifth floor, we started to make our way back down. And I think some of us split off in different directions, because isn't that when you and Liz went off and started to explore on your own? Um, Let's see. If looking at the timeline and all of that, um, I we made our way back to the break room at one point, and... Um, I think that was after because we spent some good time up on the uh, in the sun corridor doing that going through. I mean, we probably walked at least half of the uh, the floor there because I remember we we went uh, to the because we started on that floor together, the four of us. um, And then we walked down one part of the corridor to like the uh, intersection where it goes onto the next part of the building. and then we hit the second one. So we were up there for a good while um, and then went down to the break room. And I think that's when the three of us met back up. Like you two were going to go down to the desk shoot. And I was like, hey, hey, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I guess that's what happened after the fifth floor. We just mm. eventually made our way down. That's right. Because we went back to the break room. Mm. And I think Jill, Megan, and um, maybe Sonny had ju- mentioned that they just walked at him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> let's go ahead and do that now. And then we'll, uh, we'll set up for the, uh, that's the session a little bit closer to, uh, midnight. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we, uh, we did the, the death shoot, which is very disorienting. Yeah. Once you get like to the, to a certain point, you can't see the door or the bottom mm-hmm. based on the angle. It's yeah. just kind of, it's very, um, if you have vertigo, it's probably not a fun place to be. Yeah. Yeah, and I looked up the length of it. I want to say it was like five, six hundred feet, somewhere around in there. Yeah. Dank tunnel for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's very cold and damp. Speaking of which, uh, you know, we did do this in March, and I got to say, it was quite chilly in it there. It was cold. Yeah. I felt great. You could layer up. Mm-hmm. I'm very warm natured, though, so I would have rather not do it like sweating. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I had a good thick coat that I had to put on later on, but that it was good after that, for sure. The amount of uh, moving that we were doing, I, I warmed up pretty quick, so I, I kind of abandoned my sweatshirt after a little while. I'm not kidding, man. We must have, collectively, we walked a lot of miles that night. Well, yeah, the steps were yeah. definitely made. I should have counted that because it was, it was a lot. Yeah. I mean, at 180,000 square feet, mm-hmm. and we walked each of those floors at least once or twice, three, yeah. four times. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, after our experience in the death shoot, I think everybody just kind of split off and kind of did their own thing for a little while. I don't really remember too much about that time gap. I just remember that somewhere around 11 or 11.30, you and I started talking about we should set up for the Estes session before it gets too late. And I think that's when we ended up going to the morgue, right? It's where we did the Estes session roughly around at midnight. Yeah, I think we regrouped with the rest of the group, like... um Jill, Sonny, and Megan, and did, uh, we said, hey, we're going to go down to the morgue and do that Estes session. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, really great idea to bring walkie-talkies if you're going to explore Waverly. Mm-hmm. It it came in very handy. Thank you, Jill. Yeah, it's necessary because 
at, at least even just trying to figure out if you heard something, if it's the rest of your group, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, after the death shoot, we all met up back at the, uh, the break room and then, um, you all went off for the morgue and then that's when Liz and I split off again. Yeah. Now tell me what you guys were up to during that time. Um, let's see. I think we spent a few minutes still in the break room um chatting and then that's when i i think i unloaded some of the gear that i was carrying (laughs) um and all of that and just spent a minute a few minutes or something like that just warming up a little bit and then by that point your group that went down to the morgue was already off on your way down there or probably had already been down there for a bit and then liz and i went down same floor where you guys were at and then passed by the morgue and heard you all talking and then realized that you guys were doing the Estes session. And so we were trying to, you know, uh, kind of sneak by a little bit more quietly to not disturb anybody or whatever. We, we like acknowledged each other, like us two. And then I think some of the others that were in there with you, but we kept going around, um, the corner down there and there was like the hydrology or the hydrotherapy room Hmm. that we went through and then just kind of exploring that area. Um, Found a little vault, which is neat, like a little kind of walk-in closet-sized vault. That place had several of them, actually. You found we only a, found the one, yeah. So when you walk into the main entrance downstairs, you go left and you go down the hallway, or you can go right, and I think that was all blocked off at the time because it was renovating. So that was one of the quote-unquote fake walls that they had set up. So there was only the staircase to go up to the gift shop and the break room on the right. But right past that, there was this little like office area uh, that you could tell it was you know wood and glass, kind of like you would find in an old-school doctor's office as obviously like uh, secretary staff or um, admissions, things like that. But right back behind there, there was another vault. And that one was massive, dude. Like twice yeah. the size of this room, I would say. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, we definitely didn't find that one. That's the one I thought you were talking about. I went looking for it. You remember after you told me you mm-hmm. found the vault? Uh, yeah. I was like, oh, I'm going to go look for this thing. And I thought I found it, but nope, wrong one. <laughs> yeah, it was like corner, corner, go around another corner. And then it's just like right there in this little room and then walking vault. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like we could still hear you doing the Estes session, you know, kind of faintly, but enough to know that you all were there. Um, so and then we heard when you guys, like, we were able to tell when you finished and left because we didn't hear your voices anymore, like down right. the hallway. Yeah, that was interesting. So this brings us to the main event of the first part of uh, of the evening, and that brings us to the Estes session. Now at this point, Walker, you and I have been doing this for a few years and Alejandro you've even jumped in a few times yourself and it's always I don't know at this point you like you plug me in I just become a freaking antenna and this particular case was no different in fact it was pretty much on point it was also one of the shortest sessions we ever did uh, in part because I started to freeze to death and in part because it got its point across and we decided to let's just call it also probably the most ancillary evidence that we've gotten from an Estes session 
just yeah, from listening yeah. to it a couple times today. Yeah, there's some really interesting stuff on there. Now, folks, I, I know that normally when we talk about our Estes sessions, I tend to share samples of it with you, but we're actually not going to do that. If you want to check out the Estes session, you're going to have to go check out our Patreon and subscribe to get the full session of that. I might offer some clips and tidbits uh, a little bit further down the line through various forms of our social network media, but if you want to hear the whole thing, Go to www.patreon.com slash xvplanis. Subscribe. When we kicked off, uh, it took maybe a matter of like five minutes for us to start getting some really interesting results. And as per usual, it started off pretty basic. Uh, you just started you know, asking your standard questions. Is anybody here who would like to talk with us? And I think it really ramped up around the time that you asked. It's been awfully quiet here. <laughs> Why don't you come out and talk to us? And I believe that was when I responded with, wait till one. Yep. Yeah. So that was pretty much at midnight. That's going to be important here. Yeah, this is where the timeline matters. <laughs> this is where the timeline matters. So I started, yeah, I gave the response of wait an hour. And we had a lot of interesting things happen after that. Uh, in particular, I started talking about how I reckon, or the, the voice that I was hearing what it was saying was uh, along the lines of, uh, I recognize some of you, or welcome back, I said. I think you you asked me, do you recognize some people here? And I said, two women? Yeah. 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 Yeah, it was wild. It had already said the name Robert, I think, too, which was uh, interesting because we had been uh, told about a spirit named like Dr. Bob or Robert that was uh, prominent um, in that area of the hospital. Right. And yeah. it seemed to be becoming more powerful or, you know, whatever the guide had mentioned to us before. Yeah, it said that uh, it technically was a, a new thing that had been happening as of late, but multiple people had mentioned um, encountering a, a Dr. Bob through their investigations. Yeah, and that's when it started to get more personal with us, for sure. It started calling us out by name, and like you said, mentioning the two women that had been here before. Yeah. So both Jill and Lisa had been to Waverly before, and they were the only two out of her whole group who had ever been. So I found that to be really interesting, and I believe not too long after that, I actually called Jill out by name. Yep. Yeah. Um, well, you had all the feelings of being cold. Mm -hmm. I think that's when you started to feel things in your hair. Right, yeah. It, and if you listen to the audio, you can you can hear me say, well, that was disturbing or something to that effect. Yeah. And at this point, I started to feel um, something was tugging on my beanie that I was wearing. It kept moving and sliding around, and I wasn't quite shivering at that point just yet. So it, it just kind of slid, and it felt like somebody was tugging on it from the front and the back simultaneously, like pulling it down further over my eyes. But a little bit later on in the session... That's when you had your experience where you felt somebody brush your hair, right? Yeah, it felt like someone had just like put their fingers up like on the back of my head, like into my hair. Mm -hmm. And I had a beanie on too, and so it was just kind of like going under my hat and like you could just feel like fingers moving against your neck. Mm -hmm. And I want to say about two minutes after that is when I said, uh, even though I was still plugged in and I couldn't hear what Walker was saying, and as always, it's important to note that I had the noise-canceling headphones on. Uh, the only outside noise I could hear is when Megan spoke because she was like right next to me. And it, even then it was just a muffle. And I uh, occasionally would hear you if you got 
like really loud walker. But, you know, still, I couldn't make out what anybody was saying. There were no words, no syllables. It was just, you know, hums. And around two, three minutes after that happened to him is when I said, I just felt somebody is running their fingers through my hair. Yeah, and you hear all of us go, well, Walker just said that. Mm -hmm. It's like, great. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So there we go, you and me in synchronicity again, um, getting messed with. (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, we were feeling cold like the whole time, you know, like you can hear us audibly say, oh man, it's really cold right now. Or like, it just got colder. Yeah. And it seemed like whenever we were getting like really intelligent responses, it was like either right before, right after we were like, oh man, this is, it feels really cold. And then there was one point that it felt like there was someone like holding onto my arm, like just my right side was really cold and my arm, it almost felt like when like an old, we were like walking an old lady across the street and they're just like holding onto you and like. A, a gentle stability, hold. Yeah. yeah. Seemed like something was like holding on to me, waiting for like a question to be asked. Hmm. And that was the same side they would have come around, like when 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 Ama saw the thing. Right. Which we're going to talk about that uh, here in a minute, but we'll we'll save that towards the end. Throughout the course of this, I continued to get colder and colder, and everybody else in the room did as well. But about midway through the session, I started shivering. And if you listen to the audio, you'll you'll hear my wallet chain like like maracas. <laughs> and um, I should say that it was probably a bad idea that we did this in the morgue to begin with. But it was probably a doubly bad idea that I laid down on one of the examination tables in the morgue. That was probably stupid. And <laughs> I'm going to learn from that mistake next time around. <laughs> now, eventually, towards the end of the session, I stopped shaking. And I kind of went blank, but there were a few more interesting phrases that got tossed around and also some really interesting anomalies that were going on in the background. Um, I will share some of those somewhere down the line. Yeah. And I kind of started to go blank too. Like there's a distinct moment in the recording that I kind of stop asking questions. Yep. And it's like, how's everything going? I was like, I just feel sick. Like I just started feeling sick to my stomach. Just like. And it was shortly after uh, after you expressed that somebody was yeah. running their fingers through your hair. You yeah. kind of shut down for a good two, three minutes. Yeah, a little bit longer than that. You yeah. came you came back out of it though. You started asking questions again, but I think by that point it was just kind of going rapid fire and became incoherent. Even though, there, I mean, there were a couple of solid answers there. I called more people out by name. But yeah, that, that was pretty much it. Well, it seemed like there was a steady flow of like different people talking to us. And then it, there was a point where it was like, he's here. Like, I think you said like, he's here. And then it's like, he hushes us and like. Yeah. Which kind of plays back into what we've heard about this Dr. Bob character. Yeah. You know, tends to keep things from yeah. speaking. Keeps other things quiet. At this point, I'd like to welcome Jill Weaver back to the show to gain another point of view of the Estes session. You can hear the complete, uncut version of this interview a little bit later this week on our Patreon feed, for those of you subscribing. This interview was conducted last week when there was a bit of a solar storm going on that caused some connection issues, and there are a few spots of dropout and digital artifacts, but for the most part I managed to smooth those spots out. Did you get a chance to re-listen to the audio? Yes, I did. (laughs) So we're going to have to talk about that at length a little bit later because I ran that through some 
some filters and some cleanup, and there is a lot of stuff going on in the background. <laughs> I got the feeling that there was, um, but I couldn't like I couldn't really hear it. I had uh, I had Ama listen to it as well, and she was hearing like a female voice, and she was hearing you know like a male voice. She was hearing like some other things but now with ama you never know if she's picking up like on a psychic connection and that's what she's hearing you know with her psychic ear or if it was in there but i definitely got the feeling that there was a lot embedded you know other evps and things that were going on in the room um when you speak with todd it would be really nice to know because there was at one point we heard all that metallic banging and i was like where you know what is that noise everybody hears it you know where's todd right because you know that, that that's violating the rule of, you know, I was called the rule of Doctor Who, like, don't wander off. Well, we were all here and all of a sudden you've wandered off and now we hear this noise. It's like, so, you know, I don't know what that was about. But yeah, there was there was a lot of stuff kind of going on. And um, I know there was a lot of overlap with us kind of speaking about what was going on. And we were really dealing with that, that cold. That was really really freaky i know i was like you know calling lisa i'm like do you feel this are you guys feeling what's going on right now yeah it was uh admittedly it was a little bit disorienting for me to go back and and listen to that because you know as i said at this point anytime i tune in i drop out and uh going back and listening to it is kind of a shock to my system because i usually don't remember most of it but you, it, it almost came in like 10 or 15 minute waves. Uh, I would hear someone in the room say like, it just got way colder. And uh, it just kept dropping and kept dropping. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> I don't know. I don't remember here. I know you had a REM pod running. And I don't remember hearing the REM pod because, you know, REM pods will, will also do temperature detection. That's a built-in feature of the REM pod. And I didn't hear any... REM pod alerts that the temperature was dropping. Um, like I said, we were so distracted with everything else. You know, I wasn't running any kind of, I didn't have my millimeter. I wasn't really monitoring the temperature, but I mean, you know, there, there were no windows open that, you know, that room is, is closed off and we did get intense cold and it was in, in a spot that actually kind of kept moving around the room. Mm -hmm. It kind of went in a wave. Um, we were all in sort of a semicircle around you. Um, so just to sort of paint the picture, I know you, you've posted some photos, but you know, you were laying on that, um, on that autopsy table, basically, or one of yeah. the kind of gurneys and, um, you know, all metal, I think it was like an enameled one. And then we were all sort of in a semicircle around you kind of, you know, observing. So, you know, we were picking up cold, we were closer to the hallway than we were to the, to the window there. Yeah. So I thought that was interesting. Um, but yeah, I mean, like all your Estes sessions, they, they certainly do not disappoint. Um, you know, we didn't, we didn't do this interview right away and it's kind of almost a good thing, I think. Um, cause I've done a lot of like reflection and then like you, I went back and I listened to this. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, you know, now it has even kind of like more meanings mm -hmm. embedded in there. Um, but once again, I, I mean, I just have to say I am absolutely convinced that we were in communication with at least a spirit there. I'm yeah. absolutely convinced. I'm, I'm absolutely convinced. There was so much that was relative to what we were we were doing, what we were saying. They seemed like incredibly um, intelligent responses. 
with a little bit of foreshadowing. There's just some kind of stuff in there. And I know you're probably going to talk about that later too, about, you know, just, just wait, you know, in one hour, I'll have to actually, I, I made a transcript of the, yeah, of the w- entire wait until, session. Wait until one. That's what it was. Yeah. Wait until one. Yeah. Wait until one. Um, what else did I want to say about that? Just as an, as an overview, but yeah, I don't, um, like you said, you, you tune out and, for some reason, there's something about that session because, you know, before I listened to this, my my impression was, well, I don't I don't really understand why I'm going to listen to it other than for you guys, because I didn't think I asked any questions. I just had, you know, I had a memory of, you know, you being there. I remember being you know concerned about you getting hypothermic. Um, I was having a private conversation with uh, Amma back and forth because I had her. Um, I think I believe I was FaceTiming her. And, but so then when I went back and listened, I was like, oh my gosh, like I was there. This is actually quite a long session. There are a lot of things that, and that's not like me. I usually have really, really good recall about things, but there was something about this. I only remembered a few of the highlights at at the time. So for what that's worth, I, you know, I don't know what that, what that's about. Well, it seems to be a recurring theme because Walker said the exact same thing to me whenever he went back and listened to it. And he said, it's really? like, yeah. Um, and it, it actually reminded us a lot of the, the fuzz that we all experienced after uh, Sally house, you know, there's just, just kind of this mm-hmm. mental fog that anytime we try to really dig in and think about it, um, it's not like we're forgetful. It's just like, I can't really remember all that great. But that's why I wanted everybody to go back and, and listen to it is because, I mean, there was tons of stuff on there that I didn't remember at all, obviously. But the way that everything just started happening and uh, whatever, you know, touched Walker then comes over and touches me. And then uh, there is that whole sequence of having things run through our hair, which was wild. And if I remember correctly, at one point or another, you, you said that you saw an orb pop out of me. And then just yes, I did. off, right? Yes, I did. Um, that happened. That was when Amma sort of joined our conversation. So um, I, I, I'm assuming you'll probably upload this, you know, this whole session somewhere. Um, so just to kind of pinpoint kind of what was going on, um, we had established pretty well, I think, that you were in communication with Robert. We believe it was this, you know, this physician that was there. Um, and then he called out Walker by name. He actually addressed Walker by name. And, you know, Walker said, are you speaking to me? And then the spirit said, hello, boy. Uh-huh. Like, okay. That was like freaky. And then um, the spirit said opening doors and then it said Jill. So totally brought me into the conversation by name and, and said twice, I remember, I remember. So I, I felt like the spirit was remembering that, you know, I had been there before. And then Walker was talking about, you know, you know, you know, this disease has been cured now. And I thought that was curious that the doctor said, quit that, like, stop curing these diseases, like somehow, you know, you're going to put institutions like this out of business or something. Now, that was just my interpretation. It did seem very snarky. It was kind of snarky. And then um, you were feeling or the spirit, some or another spirit was trying to come through because you had said ethical, which I thought was really interesting Um, because I'm a big proponent of ethical paranormal investigations. And and that to me means, you know, don't 
just don't go in and, you know, and poke stuff and, and do harm with the spirits, you know, try to connect and, you know, have some conversations with them and, you know, greet them. Cause right after you said that, it said the spirit said stuffing me down. So we weren't sure if another spirit was trying to come through then. And then, you know, in an investigation, I, I pay attention to everything. And I always believe that there are no coincidences, you know? And um, so right at that point, is when Ama kind of joined our conversation and, and you can hear her. Um, and she started hearing a man's voice. Um, and then you had said, remember 14. We didn't know what that was. And then spirit said, we're in there. And then cough death, which is perfect description of, of tuberculosis. Mm-hmm. And then what was going on is when this happened, that's when I saw a white orb kind of come out of your chest. And then we started talking about the nurses because we started wondering, you know, was was Robert like holding the nurse spirits back? You know, did we need to deal with them? And so we started asking about the nurses. And this is kind of when it gets a little kind of muddled because everybody was was talking. And then, you know, spirit said, you said, yeah, both are. And then almost part of the conversation is she said, you know, if you're trying to get a hold of the nurse, she said, start calling for Mr. Green, because apparently that's that's nurse code for a rowdy patient. Like if you say, go get Mr. Green, it means we've got a patient that's, you know, kind of out of control. You know, somebody needs to probably at the day and time, they probably would straight jacket. That's right. Okay. So there was kind of a little bit like stir up there. So I, I found that really interesting. Like here, you know, we were calling in the nurses and literally, you know, Ama is there because, you know, she's a former nurse. So we kind of did call in a nurse and then, you know, this orb came out of you. And then kind of the creepy phrase, um, indetermined the devil has crafted. And then you said, learned speaking the language. So, you know, the spirit is like, you know, talking about like, you know, spirit communication because Walker's saying, okay, you know, yeah, we know how to talk to you. And then you said, represent, he's getting really angry. And right about that time is when we heard the bang in the hallway, which, you know, we weren't sure if it was Todd or not. Right. Um, and then, and then after being angry, you said the cold, you know, which we had been kind of referencing, like you said, it came in waves, probably about every 10 minutes. We go, oh my gosh, it's, it was cold in here, but it's gotten even colder. And the spirit then said, you said, um, times have changed, getting us up or out. So kind of not sure what was going on with, you know, with that. But, and then you talked about, you know, something was problematic spirit i don't know if it was still like back to robert again you know he said where am i there's a bunch of them with me i mean it sounded like you know whoever you were speaking with was actually starting to bring like other people through and then Mm. you heard crying and um and then you acknowledged that you said yep and then as a subtext to that that's when we really heard you like starting to sigh and seem like you were being uncomfortable yeah now, I'm, I'm not sure, you know, where all this was in the timeline, but then the next thing is you said Mama, and you didn't say her true pronunciation, the Southern pronunciation of Ama. you said Amma, mm-hmm. which is my New York, I, that's like a big <laughs> joke, I was born in New York, so I have that real, those real harsh, you know, diphthongs, and 
and that's you know what i will say to her and um so basically you said emma call home so you know i what was going on with the spirit there and yet again you know this is now the third person the spirit has and then at one point you had said hey hutch we haven't figured out who hutch was but it's yeah. like yeah that's a new one on me i i think you just froze on me there you are okay don't know what that was about yeah <laughs> yeah yeah. yeah, I don't know what that's going on. So, right. so I, I just mentioned that kind of transcript there because that, that was kind of when the nurses were involved, when Ama was involved. Um thought it was really interesting, too, because, you know, you you were listening to a spirit box, which, you know, is basically radio waves, and you, you don't really hear very many Amas or Amas ever. Yeah. And I, and I thought that that was kind of a little targeting because it's like, I know people always tease me for my, my New York accent sometime and like spirits like calling me out and that, like, we know that this is what you call this woman. So it, it just seemed very, very targeted. And then as the session went on, you just kept shaking and getting colder and colder. And then Ama had a, a vision during this point and, um, now we don't have audio of that. I think she she had taken the conversation private, which was also interesting because my phone was starting to die at that point. Um, do you want me to talk about what she was texting to me? What she was seeing? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Now, now she's a she's a psychic and a medium, and you know she's seen a lot of things. You know, this is this is a woman that you know worked as a nurse in psychiatric wards and, and is just really, you know, understands so much of the paranormal and the spirit world. So when she freaks out about something, she, this was something that really, it really shook her to her core. So I, you know, I don't say that lightly. So what she had texted me, she goes, Jill, I just saw something. She said, don't tell John. She goes, we, we got to kind of process like this and we'll need to speak with him about this. But it, one of those points in there, and I think it was um, after calling for Mr. Green, it, now she was on video, so she could see you laying on the table. And she said she thought you actually physically sat up on the table. And then she realized you were still laying down on the table. So she saw some part of you, your soul, your spirit, like it was actually lifting up. And the reason she was freaking out is she has seen that before, but she has only seen that with people at their point of death. So she was like, holy crap, I don't know what's going on. Um, like, don't say anything, you know, when you can, you know, you're going to sit down with John. She goes, that, that like really freaked her out. And she also was seeing someone, this is, you know, in spirit, she was seeing someone almost like at your side, like you were almost being examined by, by a doctor. I don't know if it was, you know, Robert that was there. Um, but she felt like someone was sort of, you know, bending over you, like examining you. And that was the time I think, cause then you went into like this incredible, like shaking and you were cold and the room was getting even colder um, and I believe at that point, it was soon after that, uh, I believe Megan went up to your, your side. She got pretty close to your head because she was like concerned about you. And then, um, and then you through spirits, through the, the spirit box, you actually did say Megan's name. 
So yep. off there, there were four individuals that were specific, specifically called out. <laughs> I just said, I'm not sure what to do with this information. You know, I don't, I don't know about her, her vision. I don't know, but you know, whenever she tells me something, I always, you know, take it very seriously. And, um, yeah, you know, her, her best advice is, you know, you might want to just, you know, go make sure that you're healthy and, and make sure everything's okay. Yeah. The point of that story is whether it's a real life doctor or a spirit hanging around, if somebody's hinting you, you should go get checked out, you should probably go get checked out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 So, you know, like I said, these Estes sessions with you receiving, they, they have so many nuances and there's so many different layers here. It isn't just, I mean, you can listen to me, like just the conversation with the other side or just the conversation with this one spirit, but they're always, you know, there's backed up, there's, you know, temperature changes and, you know, we saw the white orb and, you know, someone who is just also connected to the investigation, just, you know, through electronic means is like seeing things and, and kind of interacting. So, so to me, that just gives it so much more, you know, evidentiary weight, just there's so much going on on so yeah. many levels. Yeah, there is. Um, I intend to release that audio uh, out to the general public somewhere down the line. Uh, for the time being, it's only going to be available within our small group and uh, on the Patreon. But I, I really want to do a lot of uh, work to that audio file because when I plug it into my main monitors here in the studio and I really cranked it and started listening to all of the little background noises, there is so much going on there that we haven't really had a chance to fully process yet or for that matter, you know, debunk. We want to make sure that we're not talking about things that aren't there or, you know, um, audio artifacts that we're mistaking for voices or noises we want to make sure that we're doing this right and there's just a lot to unpack in that particular file oh absolutely and like i said you know if, if people have wandered off from the investigation um there were 10 of us i believe and i had thought that all of us were in the room at that point but like i said i would i would just check with todd because i think i asked where he was and i think he had gone out into the hall but there were clearly other voices we in the room where we were and it was just hot so it's not like there were women out there because you could definitely hear like almost sound like a couple of women carrying on a conversation out in the hallway yeah yeah uh well we we did uh identify a couple of there was at least one instance when alejandro and liz walked by but we were able to um pinpoint where that was and and uh, Alejandro was here in the studio the other day and he was like, yes, that was us. So that's why it's important to make sure that we. Oh, okay. That's everyone. right. Yeah, they, yeah, that's right. They, right. Exactly. That's right. They were not in the, in the more at the time. So we were, we were missing those two people. And then, um, and then Todd, yeah, it's like so hard to remember sometimes like where people were and, and yet it's so important. Uh, well, I can't wait to, to go back, but lesson learned. Um, I'm not laying on the morgue table this time. Not, we're not going to do anything <laughs> creepy like that again. I think we're going to stay in some happier places. All right. Well, um, Jill, I hate to say it. I, th yeah. I think one or both of us is having some serious connection issues. 
Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and wrap this up. And uh, thank you so much for popping on and talking Waverly with us, uh, especially that Estes session. We we, want, we wanted to get a another voice and an, uh, another point of view on it since uh, just between me and Walker, I mean that's interesting enough. But you had enough enough of your own experiences during that whole session that I think it's it's certainly worth worth mentioning. Yeah, you know? mm-hmm, definitely. Well, thank you so much. We uh, we love having you on the show, and hopefully we'll have you back on for the next installment in this series as we talk about the latter half of the evening. And I definitely want to talk about some of the things that happened towards the latter uh, hours of that night. And uh, so hopefully we'll have you back on here in just a couple of weeks. Okay, awesome. All right, thank you. All right, bye, Jill. Bye. I'd like to thank Jill for offering her point of view on our ESTA session at Waverly Hills. But let's roll this conversation back over to Walker and Alejandro as we slowly come to our midway point in the evening. Yeah, so the uh, the ESTA session got wrapped up, and uh, I think by that point my body temperature had dropped so low I just needed to get out of there, so we slowly made our way back up to the break room, and at that point, you and uh, Liz, you stuck behind, right, Alejandro? Yeah, we were still around the corner in the vault. Um, after we passed you guys in the middle of your Estes session, we went around in that vault, um, and we're, we were still there after you guys left for a good while. I mean, I have um, a estimated... Um, timestamp of like when we were in there, which is at twelve thirty. Mm. It's a little after, like you know, decent bit after midnight, and we were there. Let's see, definitely past one o'clock. Um, anyway, yeah. So while you guys were doing that, um, Liz and I were sitting in that vault. We'd settled there, um, gotten a good uh, little base camp. I had my lantern, so I had that in front of us and this is again this is just a little walk-in vault i mean it's about the size of a small walk-in closet enough for the two of us to sit and kind of have our stuff there you know my bag and i set the lantern out in front of us with the uh, cassette recorder and then the uh, ipods that i use for the tech technique um which uh is where all of this um data comes from you know i uh which again the tech technique is i'm writing down the songs that are coming through on three different iPods that are all on shuffle with a, with hundreds and hundreds of songs. Um, and so sitting in the vault there, it was, it, we, Liz and I were just chatting and it's like, you know, this would be a good spot to hide something. It's totally out of the way. So we were asking questions and I was writing some of this down too. Like, you know, did anyone hide in here? Did anyone hide something in here? Um, and so eventually like we started getting, Let's see. Uh, the song "Jumpstart" by Master of Melancholy, um, and then so it was. We started asking questions like, you know, did you know was this anyone's spot to come and sit by themselves or something, you know? Um, and then the uh, the song "Smoke on the Water" came up, and so we're like, oh, you know, like did anyone use this this you know closet vault to you know to hide their smoking or something? Obviously, it being <laughs> a tuberculosis. Um, yeah, probably frowned upon. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> Maybe and not. So, I mean, doctors were endorsing cigarettes until like right. the 1980s. <laughs> that is also true. <laughs> um, but uh, so we started asking, you know, like, did anyone smoke in here away from the patients? And so the next song that came up, I, I didn't write the, let's see, I didn't write the uh, artist for this one, but it's called Bad For Me. 
which obviously smoking isn't the best for your health, especially, <laughs> you know, if you're afflicted with tuberculosis or around, you know, people that could possibly, you know, transmit it to you. Mm-hmm. And so we were on that track for for a few questions and stuff like that. And then it, again, it started, we started getting more like uh, feelings of like, um, like illicit things happening in that vault. And so we were starting like, you know, like did anyone, you know, meet up in here, have a little rendezvous or something like that. Again, this vault is like out of the way. It's underneath, definitely not in the residential areas. Um, And so a song called Shiny Stockings came up. Um, Let's see. I can't put out this fire. Um, Silver bells, we bow down and stuff like that. So it seems very directed, like, you know, and so we started asking questions like, did anyone carry on an affair in here? You Hmm. know, stuff like that. Um, And let's see. So just literally just going down the list of songs that came up. um, There was one that was, it didn't have a title. So it's an unknown song, track 14. Hmm. Um, And then let's see. Um, okay (laughs) this was another one too um so the song a song called shotgun came up and so we were like kind of like huh but then the next one was uh seven steps to heaven uh which definitely brings to mind you know like seven minutes in heaven right you're sitting in a closet with uh, someone else in the dark that kind of thing interesting yeah uh and so again you know we were asking stuff like you know did anyone have a tryst in here and so the next song that came up was called and there's a lot of country music on one of these ipods and so one of them popped up with a song does your daddy know about me (laughs) 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 um and so we were like you know did you have to keep you know this relationship relationship a secret you know being in a full hospital and all of that um Mm. And stuff, you know, I think, uh, let's see, Liz asked, you know, was your secret discovered? You know, will you tell us a secret? And so next song came up was called uh, Twin Guitar Boogie. Um, and then, again, there were three iPods, and they were all fully charged prior um, to all of this. Uh, and one of them shut off, even though it had close to, you know, probably at least two-thirds battery. One of them shut off entirely. Uh, but one of the other ones uh, came up with a song called Hit It. And then all my rowdy friends are coming over tonight and stuff like that. So there's definitely like <laughs> the kind of energy and stuff like that. So it was, it was a really neat back and forth for yeah. sure. Um, in the vault there, it definitely had like a, an uplifting quality of like someone, you know, taking us into their confidence of like, you know, this is, you know, just a little slice of like, I guess, uh, like naughty fun in the vault there you know it's it was a place of you know sickness and stuff you know people had their own community and so just from the back and forth that we were getting in that closet you know the the vault and all of that it just it felt like a little sneaky bit of like haha you know we had hmm. a good time in here you know so interesting so that was really interesting and we uh left the vault um after things started uh petering out oh okay so the last two that came on while we were in there was here i am and then running away with my heart so again it just had that that tinge of like romance in there and all of that and then after we left the vault still in that same area but the ipod that turned off came back on uh with the song try again huh okay that's interesting yeah but uh but yeah we left that vault like on a high note for sure it just it felt like a very good back and forth Mm. um a very uh a, a rousing success for the uh, 
for the tech technique, I think, in my opinion. There there are a few songs on that list that I think could also hint towards what was to come, which I found really interesting as well. And uh, I love the whole tech technique thing, and I'm really interested to see how that's going to work whenever we do USS North Carolina, because I think we have a really good idea for that one. That's yeah. That's going to be a blast. You're just going to have to keep listening to find more about that one. And subscribe to our Patreon. And subscribe to our Patreon. You get more content, uncut episodes, and also you'll get them a full 24 to 48 hours earlier. And you get to watch us try to figure out how Discord works. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Which is, man. What you a... do, yeah. I've been using Discord for a very long time. You guys are yeah, no, I have no idea. Oh, my goodness. I yep. used to run a D&D Discord channel, so... Great. Uh, Discord's you should, great. You should take over some more of those management roles in, buddy. Jesus. <laughs> but, you know, that that is a good point. We do want to start populating uh, Discord a little bit more and, and have it become more active. So uh, if you want to get in on the conversation, drop us a line at xvplanets at gmail.com and tell me why we should let you in the door. Yeah, if you want to have any ideas for some good channels so we can actually, you know, get some get some regular talks happening. Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah, and all know. those good things. We'd love to put it to work for you. Post Estes session, you and Liz went off and did that. The vast majority of us went back. Well, we just kind of shuffled around for a bit, but eventually we ended up back at the break room. I stayed in the break room because I was not having a good time. That's right. After <laughs> yeah, after the uh, after the Estes session, you were pretty much cashed for a little bit. Yeah, I was trying to like eat some food and just like get baseline, but <laughs> right. my stomach just felt like someone was squeezing it. My, you know, everything was my, I couldn't see her super well. And that led into the next chapter. Yeah. So about that next chapter, here's where it gets interesting or here's actually where it gets really, really intense, I should say. So we, we all go back to the break room and I decide at that point that I am going to step out onto the second floor hallway and just kind of lean against it, stare off into the shadows for a bit. By this point in the evening, sure, we had uh, heard noises, we'd heard whistling, some of us saw questionable shadows here and there, but until the Estes session, everything that we were getting was pretty mild and pretty tame. And remember I said earlier that this is where the timeline matters, so we were doing the Estes session around midnight-ish, and pretty much when I said wait until one, we were about an hour away from that. And there I am, standing in the second floor hallway, leaning against it, staring off into the shadows. I look at my watch. Sure enough, it's almost one o'clock right on the dot. And as I continue to stare down the hallway for about 15, 20 minutes, and my eyes continue to adjust, and I see further and better and more clear, that's when I saw it. And it looked... It looked like a moving shadow at first. And I honestly thought that this has got to be something blowing in the wind. Maybe it's the casting of the trees into the hallways and they're being shaken by the wind. But no, there's no way that light could have cast a shadow that way. So it took me a few minutes for me to wrap my head around what I was seeing. And it got closer. And what it was was a humanoid figure crouched on all fours, crawling first on the floor and then on the right side wall. And it is that moment that I got exactly what I asked for by going to Waverly Hills. 
And this might be one of those times where I must say the old proverb, be careful what you wish for, because you might just get it. I was looking straight at the infamous Creeper. Uh, we all have heard about the Creeper. I talked about it in the last episode, but I can tell you folks that nothing could have prepared me for what I saw. It completely shook my worldview and uh, kind of messed me up. And it was at that moment that I immediately turned right around and went straight back into the break room, walked right up to Jill, got a big old hug from her. I said, I got what I asked for, got what I asked for, and I'm really regretting it. I'm really regretting it. And she asked me what, what happened, and I said, I saw the creeper. And that's when she said, great, let's go see him. Folks, that was where it really kicked off for the rest of the evening, and that's where we're going to pick back up on the next episode when we start talking about the second half of our investigation when the place really woke up, and it definitely woke up. That place got loud for the rest of the evening in more ways than one. Next time on XV Planis. <laughs> <laughs> the torment <laughs> of all of us. Man. <laughs> Uh, well, for, for you and I especially, uh, everybody else seemed to have a very positive experience, but that place, much like the Sally House, it sunk its fangs into us. Yeah, the negativity really hit when you came back because everybody was going to take me upstairs to let, let me calm down before <laughs> that incident happened. <laughs> Sorry about that. No, I'm glad because I feel like I had one of the more unique experiences of the group Yeah, in the um, in the hallway. Yeah. Because that was mind-blowing. That, for me, is the one of the things that makes no sense. Yeah. Now, we're going to talk about that in depth uh, as we kick off the next episode, but you're just going to have to come back and listen to the rest. Because, And I should warn you that the next episode, you're my, you might want to get yourself some snacks, nestle in. It's probably going to be a long one, um, like obnoxiously long. I might even split it into two parts. I don't know. Um, before we wrap up this portion of the investigation, are there any final thoughts that you guys have regarding the first five hours that we were there? First five hours. Let's see. Um, uh, oh, you know what? Okay. Yeah. So just one additional thing. So in the first five hours after the three of us went down the death chute, um, we went back to the break room and then Liz and I split off again. And then we actually, the two of us went down the death chute again. Um, which I think that was the first time she went down, but, um, but yeah, so we were down there for a while. That's right. You had an experience yeah. down there. Mm -hmm. That was during the first half of the evening? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, right. that was like immediately after we came back up to the break room is when Liz and I went down the death chute. And All right, then, cool. Yeah, so again, just recording down there. Didn't get too much activity from from my my memory and then going over the uh, recordings and all of that. But on the way back up is when we started hearing stuff. And so we... Uh, settled in the the corridor that leads to the death chute where that gurney was at and like the uh the whatever the fence door yeah that leads mm -hmm. down the chute is we settled in that hallway there um because we were hearing stuff like the uh like i think we heard like the gurney move or something and then like a knock or two and so it just seemed was it like similar to this the the like the mechanical rolling sound that we heard on the you know what yeah really yeah on the ss session mm -hmm. huh that's yeah. That's a good point. When did this happen again? Because I want to be able. to... This was immediately after the three of us went down the death chute and came back. Up. You immediately went mm -hmm. back. Okay. 
Yeah. But the all right, so you were hearing the sound, but that it happened a couple of times, right? Uh, yeah, or was it, yeah, from when we were in that corridor, which is why we stopped. We heard that. We heard some knockings. We're like, okay, it seems like something's here that wants to, you know, communicate of some kind. So what was really interesting about going uh, back and reviewing that whenever we first got back is you had audio of that uh, experience. Right. And you can actually hear uh, one of you say to the others, did you hear that? It sounds like metal grinding. Mm-hmm. And I love that. That happens so many times, uh, especially on Waverly. There were a lot of sounds that a lot of people heard. And even when audio was recording, nothing picked it up. Mm -hmm. And that was a big one with that corridor, too, because we were sitting in there for a while. Mm. And we heard screeching at one point, like, like, not metal, but like animal screeching is what it sounded like. Hmm. There was um, some pterodactyl. Yeah, you know, and and thinking back, it, maybe it was bats, possibly, but like it was like extended screeching. Um, but uh, none of it got recorded. Yeah, yeah, which was the weird thing because we're Liz and I were sitting there like, what, you know, what the what, hell what, is what the bleep? <laughs> what the bleep is going on? You know, um, what do you hear that and that kind of stuff? But none of it got recorded, and it was like extended screeching for at least a few minutes. Really? Yeah. And it sounded like right on the other side of the wall is what it sounded like. It's crazy. On the outside. Yeah. Hmm. So, so there was that. Any final comments or things to, uh, to mention that you may have missed? Um, one instance that I remember was um, on the second floor. Uh, when you first open those, there's like you walk from the break room down a hallway and there's the big double door. And when you like open the double door and close it, that's like when you're like in Waverly. That's mm-hmm. like the investigation portion. And then directly to the left is kind of like a big open room, like on the bend. Yeah. So you can, then there's a little porch out there and that's where our tour guide, um, it was like a smoking section Yeah. Uh, to be able to go out and smoke. Um, I was out there chilling. Um, I don't remember exactly what time, probably it was before the SS session. Um, I just remember like, cause there's a window that looks right into that room. Mm-hmm. And I just remember seeing lights in the room and I heard like a, like a distinct whistle and I looked, I like went back into the room and looked out and there was nobody on that floor. And it was just like, I was like, I thought it was someone's flashlight. I said, I thought it was a headlamp. But then when I went back on the porch, I could see the groups on the different floors. Like I, I think I was with you on that building. one. Yeah. yeah. And we were like, what, what yeah. could that have been? I didn't, there I didn't see of, what like, you one saw spirit in that room. Is there? Yeah. Huh. He said that there's like, sometimes when people are out there, they'll look in and see someone looking at them like through the window. Interesting. All right. Yeah. Anything else? Actually, yeah, just one more thing. Checking the uh, song notes that I had for the tech technique. Around that time, um, three songs that came up was, one of them was called Friends in Low Places, (laughs) which was interesting, yeah, (laughs) considering we went down the chute. Um, The next one was Satin Doll. Which actually, you know what, reading that, that makes me think of like if they wrapped the bodies to go down the chute, you know, they would have probably wrapped them up in sheets or something, I'd imagine. Mm. Satin dolls, that one, I just made that connection, I guess. And then the next one was Take It on the Run. Cart truck. I don't know. Yeah. Who knows, the further we dive into this, we'll probably uh, make more sense of it all. Or it (laughs) might just drive us mad. Who knows? (laughs) 
Yeah, check in next time to see uh, what the verdict is. <laughs> check in. Yeah. Check in next week to find out why I had night terrors for weeks and uh, apparently scared the crap out of everybody uh, later on that uh, that morning when we all crashed. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was, yeah. That yeah, was, sorry that about that, guys. <laughs> all right, yeah, so uh, we're going to end on, uh, on that note. We're going to dive right back into it on the next episode, and hopefully we're going to get that one out to you a little bit faster because I may actually have to split that up into two. But, yeah, the uh, the first half of this evening was very calm, not too much happening, subtle things, but it's like we hit that wave that uh that Esta session and it like pulled a ripcord and started an engine. Yeah, they even told us when. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> One o'clock. Boom. All right, folks. We'll see you next time. And uh, gentlemen, as always, thank you for joining me. Yeah. yeah thanks for having me. Very. Well, friends and fiends. That's going to bring us to the end of this chapter of our Waverly Saga. I'd like to thank Walker, Alejandro, and Jill for joining me on this episode and sharing their experiences. Join us next time, where we will discuss just how much stranger the evening got after our introduction to the Creeper, who we now lovingly refer to as Ricky. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Twitch, everywhere as XVPlanus, and you can follow my personal misadventures and music projects at Folds and Floods on those same platforms. Links for both are in the show notes. If you like what we do here, head on over to iTunes or Spotify to rate and review us. Tell your friends about us. Hell, tell your families about us. Yell at random people at the bus stop about us. You can support us by going to www.patreon.com slash xvplanus and subscribing to gain access to exclusive content. xvplanus is part of the Green Mushroom Podcast Network. For more great shows like the one you just listened to, go to www.tgmpodcastnetwork.com. This show is produced in Durham, North Carolina, and is written, edited, and scored by yours truly. Music from the show can be found on my Bandcamp page for Folds and Floods or anywhere you stream your music. No part of this show or its music may be reproduced without explicit consent from me. Copyright Folds and Floods Productions. Once again, I am your host, Flood, and this has been XV Planus. Thank you for being a part of the journey so far. I'll see you in the between. In Abambratio, Inflectus Subvelo.